neutral corner. In the neutral corner. Hey guys, welcome to In the Neutral Corner with RJ Summerlin. Uh, we are back. Um, you know, it's been another eight to ten days since the last, since my last release. Um, you know, no UFC fights this weekend, no Bellator, nothing like that to really talk about. Uh, we talked about the island fights last week, and. Uh, I said I was going to watch the Lomachenko-Devin Haney fight, and I did. And to be completely honest, you know, Loma looked really good, and you can really argue. You can really argue for Loma. I think more or less than the actual result of who won or who lost because the fight was close. The entire fight was close. But is the judging, like, is is the is the um the margin by which the judges decided the victor. It's like one sixteen to one twelve. And I you know it should have been much closer. You know, I I'm not quite sure. Not to mention the one round that everybody was for sure that Loma won, which was the tenth round, uh <laughs> the judges had it for Devin Haney. So you know the fight the fight itself was an amazing fight. And it really is sad to me, and in my opinion, whenever someone, I say someone, whenever something like a controversial decision in which, you know, it's really disputed, it overshadows the fight itself and how good the fight itself was. And to see a, a prime Devin Haney face Lomachenko, who... I mean, really is still in his prime. I mean, he's not an old fighter by any means. He's had a couple of losses that were, you know, just tricky things. But Loma is still in the top elite, you know. And so it saddens me when these types of things overshadow the fight itself. The fight was a good fight. Both men came in there, stuck with their respective game plans. You know, Lomachenko really thought he he won uh, Devin Haney thought that he won. I do side with Loma a little bit more, but Devin Haney had good counter shots and was working the body really well. Uh, Lomachenko was just doing his Lomachenko thing. He was using his little matrix, the highlight, the you know ins and outs, and his his great footwork. Um, great fight. Go back and watch it. Great fight. Um, <clears throat> but. Really, other than that, I don't have a whole lot to talk about, man. That's the hardest thing about these podcasts sometimes is trying to find uh, content in a world that is so full of content, right? So I'm, I want to say things and want to cover things that no one else has covered or anything like that. Um, you know, some upcoming fights, you know, the Justin Gaethje, Dustin Poirier, number two, it was brought up. Uh, it has come out. It's for the BMF title. That's kind of funny, you know. Uh, but whatever, you know. It's really funny because a lot of people are really shitting on, on uh, how things are run sometimes with the UFC, and it's kind of funny how the world works and how the world thinks. You know, everybody wants a higher fighter pay. Everybody thinks that these fighters should be getting paid more money. Everybody thinks that um, things should be more, 
you know, more sports-centered, less entertainment-centered. You know, these guys should be showing up in suits. These guys shouldn't be cursing. These guys should be doing this and that and that and this. And, like, I get what you guys are wanting, but you guys aren't paying for it, though. You want fighters to make more money, but you guys are sitting there right with everybody else illegally downloading, you know, illegally streaming these events, not putting money into the fighter's pocket. You know, I mean, the America was built on greed, unfortunately, but that's the way the world works. And that's the way to get the best out of the world. You know, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work if the UFC evenly divides all of their revenue and all of their earnings amongst this roster of fighters. It, it doesn't make sense. And the UFC is here to make dollars not make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like. They're very WWE-centered. They're coming out with this BMF title. Why? Because you guys, the population, especially the casuals, want to see a title fight. You want to see a five-round title fight. You want to see two people fighting for a prize because it used to be the honor that they were fighting for. Then it was the money they were fighting for. Now it's just like, why are these guys fighting? They should be fighting for It's because it's their job. That's what they should be doing. They, they are fighters. They fight. That's what they do. Um, but you know, whatever. Um, yeah. Uh, this week's episode, I think I'm going to talk a little bit more about me. Uh, we've had part one about me, which dove into a little bit about my youth and then went into like how I found MMA, got my start up to my first, you know, my pro debut. The second all about me, pop goes the nasal. <laughs> You uh, hear about my first pro loss, my my two ACL surgeries, and um, you kind of hear, you know, I kind of take you through that. So now we're going to get to after that. So I'm recovering from my second ACL surgery. It's 2017, I believe, and uh, my gym had been shut down, and so I got an invite to go work and train with Roy Jones Jr. And I and I took that opportunity. Actually really fun cool fun fact. I got to meet Roy like as a coach. Like I've met I had met him once or twice before, but like I got to show up at his gym, first day training, first day meeting him as my coach on my birthday. So it was pretty cool. Uh went and you know started training with Roy in 2018 and I trained there until 18, 19, 20, late, late 20, almost 21. Um, great time that I had there. I learned a tremendous amount. Uh, I learned more than I could ever, you know, dream of learning, honestly. <clears throat> Not that I didn't know a whole lot going in there, but it's just a, it's a different mindset that I went into. And... You know, Roy catches a lot of flack for things, but as we see, the media only gives you what you're going to bite on, right? And no one wants to hear about a good Samaritan. Everybody wants to hear the drama. Everybody wants to hear what's the bad things going because now I can feel better about myself. You know, if I know this person's doing bad, well, now it makes me feel better for some weird fucking reason. It's just the way that the world is. But, you know, Roy's coaching style, I actually 
uh, appreciated because he was very fundamental um, focused and he was very, you know, driven to make sure that we were going to go out there and perform the way he wanted us to. He didn't take stupid fights. Like a lot of coaches just take fights to make money. And and, and that's the one thing that, you know, we covered way back on uh, Opportunity, Is That You, um, where Michael Williams Jr. had the falling out with Roy Jones Jr. And they were talking about Roy's in it for the money, Roy's in it for the money. Well, if Roy was in it for the money, you know, he would let these fighters go fight and then just take their purse or, you know, take his percentage. But Roy is in it for the namesake. And so you go and you train under Roy, and if he doesn't like the way that you're performing and training, you're not fighting at all. Doesn't matter who you're fighting against. You're not fighting. So, you know, I, I, I do enjoy that to an aspect. And then, then sometimes, you know, that can be that can be to a detriment because the best way to learn how to fight is to, in fact, fight. Because sparring only can do so much, but fighting the nerves and the anxiety, that is the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing about fighting is, is, that, is that mental battle, that anxiety, those nerves running through your, your veins and, and the thoughts that you have of, did I prepare enough? Am I doing enough? Am I good enough? Am I fast enough? Is he faster? Is he stronger? No, I'm faster. I'm stronger. I'm this. What happens if I drop my hand? Well, don't drop your hand. You know, all these things that cross your mind and all these things that run through it rampantly. One of the funniest things is that people have always, you know, I tell people I'm, I have a, um, I don't like being in front of crowds. I don't like big crowds of people. And I don't like, um, I'm like an introvert almost. Not quite, you know, I'm not, I'm not a full blown introvert, but I have introvert tendencies for sure. And people are like, how do you fight though? Because the amount of anxiety and stress that is involved in fighting, it takes your mind off of everything else. And like, I can't even think about a crowd. I can't even think about the people in the crowd. I can't even think about those things because I'm about to get in there and fight another grown ass man who has the same goal as I do. <clears throat> so, um, I got to train with Roy and I fought twice under him. The first time I fought, I fought another guy that's kind of known locally out of here. He was living in Crestview at the time. Uh, and we fought, and we had a good fight. First time I had ever been knocked down in a fight, and I got and it happened twice. First round, second round. First round, uh, Cody sets me up. He throws a double jab, then he rolls, he rolls into a right hand, lands it right on my chin. And in the first round, what I was, what I was doing, was I was told by my coaches, you know, hey, we don't take first round knockouts. We do jabs and feints only in the first round. The only way I'll take a knockout in the first round is if you hit him with a body shot and he just can't take it. Jabs and feints only. Don't throw anything but jabs and feints this round. And so I was doing that, but my problem was is uh, almost like my son sometimes. I'll be like, hey, buddy, will you go get your shoes, your socks, and your book bag? And he'll either come back with his book bag, his socks, or his shoes. <laughs> you know, he can't. So right now at this age, it's hard for him to multitask. It's hard for him to, to remember this list. And that's almost where I went. 
you know, he's like, hey, no jabs, no feints. So I'm just thinking jabs, feints, jabs, feints, jabs, feints. I'm not looking for other traps this guy is setting, which is the purpose of jabs and feints, is to be reading your opponent and, and, and seeing exactly what is he doing, what traps is he trying to set, what traps can you set for him, etc., and on and on. And I was completely square. I was completely flat-footed, and I twisted my body. So now my spine's out of a line. There, I had no chance in hell to take this punch because I was completely just out of position. And he nailed me, dude. And I just it, it hit me, and then all of a sudden I'm just like on a knee and getting you know the counts at like four, and I'm like, God dang! So I jump on up and uh, take my eight count and continue to win the round. So it's really funny because. I lost the round hands down by boxing scoring and really by, you know, any type of perception. Uh, optically, I, I lost that round because I got knocked down. I mean, that's the rules of boxing. A 10-8 round was scored for Cody. But every other minute of that round, I was winning. You know, I was winning every exchange. My punches were heavier. They were hurting more. His face was swelling with each punch, but he dropped me like a sack of potatoes. So the second round comes out. Now my instructions are a little bit different. So now I've got to go speed it up a little bit. Now ones, twos, faints. So I go out there and I do the same thing. And I'm trying. I'm I'm not really that shaken up. Uh, I'm, I'm winning the round. And then he and I get into this exchange and he catches me on the temple. And it made my leg jump. And uh, I mean like, like short-circuited my leg. And I fell right on my butt. And, which was embarrassing, dude. So two knockdowns one each round, I'm like, oh, this is terrible. So I am uh, sitting here and I get up and I'm like, geez, dude. And I get up and I hit him with a left hook to the head, left hook to the body, drop him with a body shot. And the bell rings, saves him. In between rounds, Roy's like, it's round three. You got to go all out. You've lost the fight. If, if you go to a decision, the best thing that can happen to you right now is a draw. And uh, if you don't knock him out. And so I went out there and uh, he tried the same punch that happened in that first round <clears throat> that knocked me down. But I knew this time, like what he was doing. And uh, stepped back, landed a right hand and hurt him and ended up finishing him in the third round. So my second fight with Roy, um, I took on like 24 hours notice. Now I knew and had been preparing for that date but I was working nights at the time and I'm sitting there at, at, at my desk at night shift working. And it's like, I don't know, like one o'clock in the morning and Dean, the promoter texts me, says, you want to fight? You want to fight tonight? I'm like, what? He's like, yep. Fights tonight or, uh, tomorrow. I mean, cause it was the day of the weigh-ins and yep, I had Snickers in my mouth and everything. I had to spit it out. <laughs> And then go running to make some weight, cut a couple pounds, not much. And that fight was fun. Uh, that fight was a decision, unanimous decision. A um, little boring, if I had to be honest. You know, it wasn't my best fight. Um, it's just, it's weird, you know. It's, it's just weird how my mind works sometimes. Because when I'm on, I am on. But when I, whew, my mind ain't right and everything doesn't, isn't how I need it to be, it's... It's a different story. And I didn't get hurt or anything in that fight. I was just 
not as aggressive as I should have been. I could have finished the guy probably had I been more aggressive. So, uh, you know, got to do that, and uh, it was so much fun. And those two boxing matches were great. Um, I ended up training for like another year before I finally uh, had left Roy's due to the COVID situation. And I uh, ended up just wanting to go back to MMA because boxing is just, boxing is a different animal. It's a hard, hard, hard animal. And so I left, I took some time off. I thought about just giving it up and not doing it anymore. And then I got talked into doing this icon thing that came up and I was really adamant because when I was at Roy's, I was weighing like 180 pounds. So I was really adamant about going to 170. And after I left Roy's, I had gained weight back up to like 190. So, which I was still solid. I still had my abs and all that. Um, I was just a little beefier. And I went and decided to fight a guy out of the gym of the guy that I boxed the first time that had knocked me down twice, Cody. Um... Uh, uh, <clears throat> I had fought a guy out of his gym and I made the cut to 70 and holy shit was that brutal. That 70 cut that I made that time, I felt like death. I It was, who it was rough. And I went out there and I shit the bed, dude. I had no energy. I had nothing to do. I went out there. The first punch I hit this guy was split him wide open. You know, he got a good takedown. We fought on the ground for a little bit and... You know, it just wasn't my night. You know, I lost that fight, and I shouldn't have. You know, honestly, I really shouldn't have. But it's just one of those things. And it's how it goes, and you pick yourself up, and you go on to the next one. And then I did retire for quite a few years. You know, it, 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 was, it was a little while. And then uh, let me think. Yeah. So I did retire. And then it turns out in 2021, I get a phone call about some bare-knuckle MMA. And that is where I'm going to stop it from here. Um, I know this episode's short, especially after being gone for so long. But I do want to get into the juicy details of my last two fights with the bare-knuckle MMA. And I kind of want to give them their own thing because there's the future and the door is still open for that avenue for me. Um you know, I really appreciate you guys listening. I'm sorry I've been faltering on the uh, content being put out here lately. I am trying. It's, uh, believe it or not, it's a lot harder to sit down for 20 minutes uninterrupted and just talk. Um, I'm a, you know, I've got a full-time job, full-time family, trying to train part-time as well. So, you know, it's, um, it's a difficult thing, you know, you would think that sitting down for 20 minutes and just being able to talk is easy, but it's not, you know, especially because it's not just the 20 minutes, then it's the editing and then it's the posting and then it's the, the advertising and then it's the, all that stuff. And, you know, I really do want my following to grow, but right now the following has kind of hit a stalemate and I know in my heart of hearts that producing more content would probably get more ears, but at the same time, it's like, it's hard to put this thing in the front, in the forefront whenever I'm not getting the results. I won't say that I want because I do do this for me. I do enjoy talking and putting my thoughts out there and letting people listen to like what I have to say. 
especially because I'm going into this coaching aspect as well. And like, it, it would be nice for people to hear like, oh, okay, this is what this guy thinks. And this is how this guy thinks. And maybe you like it and maybe you don't. Maybe you tune in to listen because you want to hear me talk like an idiot for however many minutes. Or maybe you really do uh, listen to what I say and it resonates with you. Either way, I do appreciate you listening. I would really appreciate it if you guys could just share, 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 share. Tell your friends. Um, I just really want to try to get this thing going. Uh, really want to get some interviews going. Just life is, as always, uh, busy. And busy is good. Uh, I I want to thank you guys. I love you all so much. I do appreciate everything you guys do for me. And uh, this is In the Neutral Corner with RJ Summerlin. Thank you for listening. Godspeed.